Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're liking the show, please give us a five-star review. And the criteria, you probably know it by now, but you can refresh at abcboxing.com. Always refresh. Why not? Dan, we are doing another Thursday show, of course, because we are still in the middle of the PFL regular season. They've been doing uh, Thursday shows, so we uh, we figured we'll do it a day up again, right? Move it up a day, all for PFL. That's that's out of respect for PFL and the fact that there are some high-level fights going on there. We'll, we'll talk yeah, a little bit about PFL. Yeah, fights are good. The, the commentary's not. You but, don't like yeah. the commentary. I know, I know. Uh, what, what is your, what is your beef exactly with the commentary now? Cause obviously we've been watching this for, for several weeks now this year. Ah, uh, they just need, they're, I don't feel the chemistry. It's the chemistry is the problem. Like, okay. I think Kenny Florian's great. Oh yeah. Ken Florian, I've always but, enjoyed him like, on there. Uh, Randy Couture, I feel struggles and, uh, I don't even know who the other guy is, but I'm not Sean a fan. Sean O'Connell? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Well, obviously you aren't familiar with the fact that he won a PFL season. Oh, and then be. retired, and then now he's the main play-by-play guy, which is like the John Anik role. You don't see fighters take that role, typically. Um, maybe he should fight more. <laughs> maybe. Why, why are you wanting to fight more? My man, he, he got out. He made a million and got out. What's a million? Make two million. That's true. How much he probably have... is making two million because he, they, he, I bet he gets paid more than he does the fighters. Would, remind me, how much uh, How much do you have in the bank? Is it one million or two? Three. Three. My mistake. Okay. Yes. Good job. I'm glad we are a well-funded show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But you know what? We're not really kind of picking any of our uh, past judgments this week tied to PFL. We have two in store for you. One is related to the uh, the UFC event on Saturday at UFC Apex. The headliner of that one being Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung taking on Dan 50K Ige. But the other fight that we have, uh, and we'll get to that after this one, uh, th- this one involving Danny Gay, uh, the main course, I guess, for our show is actually featuring Anderson Silva, who is in action this weekend in boxing for the first time in about a decade and a half. He's had boxing matches before? He's had a couple. He had one in the 90s when he was very young, and then he had one uh, like about a year before he signed with the UFC. He was kind of it was between pride and uh, and his UFC run. OK. And, Never uh, knew that. Yep, I believe I believe what it was is he lost the first one when he when he was I think he was like a teenager, uh, and then he won uh, the other one when he was you know a prime athlete. Okay. So yeah, he's coming back to the sport. Uh, what to expect? I don't really know, but and we figured why not? Let, let's let's pull in what I always remember to be a very interesting fight from a scoring perspective, a uh, fight between him and Michael Bisping. So we'll get to that later, but, you know, I think we can probably start off with, like I said, the fight with Dan Ige. This one uh, was him against Mirsad Bektik from last year at UFC uh, in, in Houston. So before we kind of dive in, Dan, has past judgment work? All right. CSJ criteria, basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, you can brush up on at abcboxing.com. And you should. Like certified judges, we score the rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. 
We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. So Scott, when you're done messing with the spider, why don't you set up Ige vs. Bektich? Yes, as I manage the spider that just keeps getting in my face while we're recording this. this you know, it's kind of appropriate, by the way, to say spider while we're talking about an Anderson Silva fight tonight. And he's here. The spider's he, here. He's here in spirit. That, that's his spirit animal. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, so uh, setting the stage here. This was at UFC 247 on the uh, pay-per-view main card, bout at uh, Toyota Center in Houston on February 8th, 2020. Headlined, of course, by John Jones, close title defense against Dominic Reyes. We've touched on this fight on the show before in past judgment. We touched on it in our first actual episode of the show, which please don't go back and listen to. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little rougher. Bectic, he's coming to this one. He's he's just a week shy of 29. He's 13-2, and two, uh, and he'd just been TKO'd uh, by Josh Emmett the previous July, so that dropped him to 6-2 and two in the UFC. Uh, he's off to, obviously off to a good start, but then lost that one. Dan Ige, only 27, 12-2. Uh, and he'd won four in a row coming into this one after losing his UFC debut. And during the broadcast, they even touched upon the fact that despite the fact that he's coming in on a hot streak and Bektik's off of a, you know, a very definitive loss, uh, Bektik was the favorite in this one. Uh, the uh, the most recent time that Ige had fought prior to this one was June 2019. He'd won a decision over Kevin Aguilar. Judges for this one, Houston-based judges uh, J.J. Ferraro, Patrick Patlin, and then the traveling judge Marcos Rosales, and the referee, Texas-based Kerry Hatley. So let's dive in, Dan. Round one, what's happening? Ige, really good first half of the round. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, he was, uh, I mean, landed with a lot of force and a lot of impact. A lot of heavy shots. Uh, I didn't think Bekdich was, was all that phased by it. He had a good poker face, at least. He did. He did. But I think those shots are definitely landed, Oh, they were strong. You know? they were they're, strong. they're strong shots. Yeah. Just because he's not shown it doesn't mean it's not impactful. And the good uh, sound from them. It was a nice sound. You like the sound effects. It brought me those back. Were, no, those were applied uh, after oh. the broadcast. It's, it's <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> the Foley department. But the second half of the round, I thought Ige slowed down a bit. Sure. Uh, um, I would agree. And I thought that was more of a more of a even second round. I had he pushed a little harder, I would have went second 10 round. 8. What do you mean? Oh, second uh, half of second the round. Second half of the round. Had he had he, you know, kept it up a little longer, I think I'd go ten eight. But I'm only going ten nine. You know, I I'll, I totally understand that. That makes total sense. But in our system, I did feel comfortable enough because of you know you're still grading the round as a whole yeah it's big shots and i don't think that there was any point where i felt that bektik was really in this round well i know i wouldn't i i can't score this round for bektik or even find it a reason why i would but that if i've understood right sometimes but, you kind of use that as a bar like hey well that's a, that's well, that makes well, a good reason that i can go with 10 that's a here. good well yeah i'm saying you can go 10-8 sure. there but why don't you then? I'm I'm just curious because I didn't think he did enough. Okay, I mean I thought he did. I, I if you especially watching it live, I really felt so too. Mostly again because of that first half of the round. But then you can look at the stats, which are again not available to judges in real time, but they're a useful tool in contextualizing what we already saw. And that's what I'm doing here as I look at the stats. Oh, I got other. Uh, you you know, finish your finish your my thought. thought. Yeah. So uh, um. Ige, he really outlands him by a heavy margin. It's I think it's like 26 to 7 or, or something along those lines. It is not a very close round by any stretch. Uh, actually, I have the exact numbers here. It's 26 to 7 in significant strikes. And in total strikes, it's 30 to 9. Uh, with, a, with a takedown, which, you know, whether you're going to grade that 
for what it is. I don't know if he achieved a whole lot of significant grappling, effective grappling out of that. But the strike numbers confirm what I thought I already saw, which was that Bektik really didn't do much, and I thought Ige was landing very well. Well, there's a, there's a point in, in the round where Ige comes up and he's bleeding from his face. Yes. So the broadcast said it was a headbutt, or they thought it was a headbutt. I didn't see where it came from. All I saw was a guy come up with a bloody face. And it doesn't matter because so, we have, you know, the, the referee, Gary Carey Hatley, isn't calling it a headbutt, so the judges aren't necessarily to treat it as anything other than a legal strike, right? Correct. So that helped. I mean, it wasn't a, a, a huge factor, but it did help. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I, you know, is it... Is it a clear-cut 10-8 in my eyes? Definitely not. But I, I felt good enough to go there in our system. That, That's uh, good. Because it's a, it's a different round. It doesn't look like that typical kind of close 10-9 round. I thought this was a very solid, easy round to score with some good damage coming from uh, Ige there. So I, I felt good about my 10-8. I, I'm not going to fight you on the 10-8. I, I think it's fine score. Why won't you fight me on the 10-8? I want to fight. If you want to fight, we got Matt's in the other room. Let's go. I don't want to fight. All right. All right I'm, it's too late. <laughs> but yeah, of course, the, the judges here, everybody had uh, Danny Gay up 10 to 9 in this round, which, you know, in ABC scoring, that's the way to do it. Absolutely right call there. Uh, I have no qualms with that. No way. Yeah. Perfect. Good scoring. Let's move on to round two. Uh, and this is where we see kind of a reversal where we, you know, a, a balancing act, so to speak, of what's happening. In yeah. The fight. This is a solid Bechtit round. Yeah. I thought the, on the feet, I thought it was actually pretty even. Before it goes to the ground. It was, but it wasn't there very long. It, it was, was like not 30 there long. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Bechtick gets the takedown, straight to side control, some decent knees to the body. Um, Ige's trying to do some some little uh, elbows from the bottom. Not very effective. They're, yeah, they're very fun. rarely effective, especially from that particular position where it was like kind of half guard side control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're, they're like scrambling there, you know, trying to settle in. And then eventually Bechtick locks up an arm triangle from, he's in half guard when he starts it squeezing eventually moves to mount and he's there for a solid quite a while like, didn't really feel like getting out of mount did he no it felt like he was there for like at least a minute and it's i mean crazy Ige didn't tap because i mean it looked pretty pretty in there it did look good but i mean there it, obviously it wasn't in enough obviously because he, he didn't go to sleep but it's uh, if he moves to the side i think maybe he finishes it's a good attack absolutely so uh i'm going 10-8 I think there's dominance and there's duration. I agree. This is a 10-8 round. It's it's very lopsided. The grappling is effective, undoubtedly here. Mm -hmm. I think, that, you know, when you've got 30 seconds of striking, that was basically even, and then four and a half minutes of very one-sided grappling with a good sub attempt. Yeah, that's that's an easy 10-8 in our system. Not not a 10-7. I just don't think it no. was he was in that much danger. I think maybe if he was much closer to a finish on that, in my, you know, in my view, in my assessment, you could start making a case for it being a 10-7, but I just don't think you can do it. Yeah, and then, and, uh... although the, the we did have some kind of, you know, 10-8 speculation on behalf of the always informed uh, color commentary team for UFC broadcast. This case was Joe Rogan and uh, the inimitable Dominic Cruz. I think Dominic Cruz is regressing because he said a couple things that are like, okay, maybe he does understand it, and then... This was back in wait in two Februarys ago. Well, you know what happened and between since there, then, by the way. Before we uh, even say it, you know what happened between there was the 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 point where he got finished by <laughs> Henry Cejudo, and and of course was stopped way too early, quote unquote, mm -hmm. by uh, Keith Peterson. And we all know the nasty things he was saying about Keith Peterson. Totally wrong. 
good stoppage by Keith. Cejudo knocked the so, criteria out of his head. It, it knocked- <laughs> I like that. Well done, sir. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, it, there was there was a whole there was a whole bunch of kind of weird comments going on here. The one thing Joe Joe Rogan in particular was thinking that this was a potential case for a 10-8. Uh, well, I just don't think it's there. I think what he I he said it. This is more of a ten eight candidate than round one. That's what he was saying. And I think in terms of the criteria, it is because I don't think you can get two D's. Yeah, when round one, but you can get there in round two. You could so you could probably. Get I wouldn't there, score yeah. a ten eight in the ABC, but, but you could kind of understand. I it. could understand. Okay. how someone uh might. All right, all right. I guess I guess I'll grant you that. That's fair. So the judges, of course, everyone had this one as a ten nine. Nobody did go for that eight. I don't know how close they were. We'll never know that. Uh, the only people who know were the people cave side. Uh, and so that puts this at uh, nineteen all on the judges cards. But I had this one as a ten eight. You had this one as a ten eight in our system. So I have it eighteen a piece, and uh, you do as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So we're both at. The, I mean. Different scoring systems, but we're at the same point. Tie, tied. Uh, I, I'm not tied. No, I have Beck to jump one. Oh, I see. You didn't go. I didn't That's go. Right. Ten, I didn't go ten eight in round one. That's what it was. Yeah. So you have it nineteen to eighteen. Yes. In favor. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's where we're at. We do have a little bit of a different scorecard, but I I just like the fact that even if we end up on my card where it's you know we're in the same spot, you allow for the chance to to break this down better. You know. Yeah. I think that's the whole point, right? Uh, round three, the decider. You know, even in your scoring, you know where you're at because it's only one point difference. Man, I really don't think this was a tough round to score either. Like, I don't necessarily either. I, I see a very, very small case to the contrary of what I thought. But why don't you break down what happens here? Let's let's go for it. It's Ige winning winning the striking battle pretty easily and, and all the you know, the grappling wasn't effective. Yeah. Back to he's on the ground. Uh, he's he's there, but he's not doing anything with it. He's doing a lot of fishing for takedowns so, that aren't really coming either. It's just uh, I think Ige, Ige was definitely the, the more effective striker here or effective fighter. Effective, so, yeah, better, better effective offense. Uh, and in this case, it was the striking. And yeah, I mean, really, what did Bektich do other was, than get it down at some point and like kind of have his waist? I felt he turned it. He stopped fighting and, and started grappling. That's what I, you know. If that makes any sense, I, I think I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, I'm. He's he's in a fight, but I mean, he stopped worrying about. He said he got his most success in grappling. So I'm gonna ignore my striking and just work 100 percent on grappling. And that's, Damian Maya. So what you're saying is he's not a mixed martial artist anymore. He's a grappling <laughs> themed martial artist in a mixed martial arts bout. Yes, the, okay. in this in this round. I see. But he uh, it wasn't effective, so I, I can't see an argument for him really. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously just a moment ago I was like, you know, I see a minority argument, but like even just talking about it now, it just it doesn't make any sense. Like if if the one thing I will say is that. He was able to hang on to Ige because Ige was that much better of a striker that if he wasn't able to, Ige may get the 10-8 in this round. I, I I mean, maybe, but but yeah, it didn't really get there no. at any point. So yeah, I mean, this is a 10-9 Ige round for me, 10-9 Ige round for you. Uh, but what that does, because you and I are at different points here, you have it now as a draw. I got a tie. What is uh, what's the score then? 28-28? Yeah. Okay. I have it 28-27 in favor of Ige. And I think that's good that, too. I think that's a better representation of the fight, anyway. As a fight, yeah. yeah. As a score, well, uh, of course you believe in your score. That's fine. Well, yeah, but I'm saying 
round by round, that's how I have it. it as a fight, as a whole, if you're going to grade this on a whole, I, oh, that's even tough, too. Well, who do you, who do you think, uh, you know, th- throw out our scoring just for a moment. Who won Pride Rules? That's what I'm, that, I'm torn. So who won? I'm torn. Danny get one. Absolutely. He you won. said it yourself. Somebody was just grappling. He was just grappling, but that one round he was grappling, he almost finished him. I know. So I, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. I, I saw it as I mean, he realistically. Better punching. Realistically, in this fight, Mirsad Bektik had maybe a minute and a half of real effective offense, right? During that period where he was actually going for the choke. Right, but it's also. I know the- he's setting it up. I understand the grappling beforehand counts, but like realistically, the rest of the fight, more or less, is Danny Gay punching him and punching him hard. But I is Bektik ever in danger of being finished? I don't think so. Maybe not, but I don't know that you necessarily just go with whoever had the highest point. You no, know? I know, but he almost finished him. Near finish, I believe, is on one rules. I think it's high up. Well, we're talking about pride. I said pride. I don't care about I th- one. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Obviously, we're we're having a silly thought experiment here because we don't really Although, care about that. Although, I will say that. that but... I mean, in ABC score, I think this is where our scoring system is bad. Why are you dissing our scoring I system? Think, what are you doing? I think ABC scoring system is better for this fight. Why? I'm curious. Because you, I don't think anyone wins to that degree, but they do under our scoring criteria. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how I'm explaining myself, but in my head, it makes sense. I'm about five seconds from firing Dan from the show. It is. Although he's got all the recording equipment, so we can't do that. Like 29-28, Ige makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I have Ige winning. I know. Whatever. I, I think the problem was that you didn't go all the way to the 10-8 in the first round. It could be, but I also didn't see it as that's, you know... Where I had to. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, I, I, we should point out. Oh, you know out. what I was thinking? I was th- you oh, know yeah. what? It's more easy to score this fight with ABC. It's always more easy to that's score with ABC. Is. That's the point. So, that's what <laughs> It's an easy scoring system. You you look at it and say, who won? That guy. Did he win by a lot? I'll give him an eight. That's pretty much how it goes. Well, I mean, there's obviously more nuance to it. We know that. But, I, I mean, I've, I've spoken to officials before who've broken it down that way, too. All right. You know, it's it's more or less how it kind of is. It's uh, but I just think there are degrees to this, and and you know, we we don't look at every punch the same way. It's it's like it's the same way as you look at like UFC breaking down significant strikes and total strikes. You know, it's it's there's not just two types of strikes: the significant and the ones that are not in, not significant, which I always like to call mm. insignificant strikes. Um, there's that's not that's not true. There's a billion degrees to this, so I think. Adding at least a third degree, like we do, is very important. Well, no, I, I wish totally, it was more. I totally agree. I'd be okay with more. I don't. It doesn't need to be thirty degrees or anything like that. I, I feel like, I feel like you could probably realistically fighter say, rating. <laughs> I don't know if we want to necessarily go crazy, <laughs> but, but I mean, shoot, if we were to blow up the ten, let's just, just again, we're we're kind of going a little off script here, like going crazy with this. But let's just say we blew up the ten eight system on the whole, right? Mm-hmm. I think you could just say. One to five, rate each fighter in that round, who uh, how they performed. You know, like if, okay. if someone had a really standout round, give him a five. If the other guy also had a really standout round, and you'd have specific criteria. I'm not going to go deep into this right now. But like if, if they both got a five, they get a five. But let's say someone had a five and then someone did next to nothing. Give him a one. Let it be a five and a one. I don't care. So I would do. Okay. So again, th- this is I'm just kind of spitballing here. This is we're very much off the script as far as what our actual scoring is for this. But I'm just kind of talking. All right, so in that case, I would have uh, 14 to 5, 7, 9. I'd have 14 to 9 for Dan Ige. Right. 
So Danny guy. So would D- win. Danny guy is the rightful deserving winner. Yeah, I give it to him. All right. That's that. In that scoring, does criteria. that sound fair? That sounds fair. What do you think of that? Just, just obviously, I just kind of. I mean, I've I've rolled this idea around in my head, and it's kind of based on other things that that I've been told of other people thinking. I think they do a version of this in kickboxing as well, um, to to some degree. It would just have to be ironed out. What earns a five? Of course, of course. And we're not three. We're we're not going to develop a second couchside judges scoring system. We're not going to do too many of these. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm just spitballing, but uh, yeah, I think we can probably move on. Oh, actually, before I do, I because I never got this out. The the way the judges actually scored this round because it was a split decision win for Danny Gay. Two out of the three judges, Marcos Rosales and J.J. Ferrara, saw this round for Ige and thus the fight, 29-28. Patrick Patlin, he had this one for Bectic, 10-9, and thus the fight, 29-28. I don't think that's a strong score, and it's not the first time we've talked about Patrick Patlin having a lesser score in a UFC fight in the last 15 months, so. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know that we should be putting him on UFC cards anymore. Probably shouldn't really be happening. Sorry. There's other guys that could do it. Put put someone else in there. Yeah. Robin Williams is one of the Houston judges. Put him on there. Ooh, fantastic. Wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, I think now we can move on to the main course, right? Anderson Silva and Michael Bisping. Yeah, let's get into Silva and Bisping. And this was such a good fight, too. I think, and I said this to you afterwards, like, nobody really talks about this fight anymore, but it was a good fight. Like, this This is a good fight. I don't know if you necessarily call it a class, especially because it's been lost, but it's just a really good fight. It's a good fight. It's I don't definitely know about a fight. Classic, but... No, no, no. It doesn't quite reach that. But it's funny because we have one guy who's, you know, the champion, the, the, the legendary Anderson Silva, who's, you know, he's on the way down. We don't know how far down he is at this point, but he's on the way down. And then you got Michael Bisping, who's on his improbable rise to the championship. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it actually, I think it's actually more of a classic in hindsight, which, you know, that's not how it works, but it's an interesting fight. I, I hope. If, if you haven't watched this fight before, I hope you go and watch this fight, even if it's independent of our show. You'll enjoy it. Definitely, definitely. So I, I guess I probably should set this up, right? Yeah, set it up. All right. So this was the headliner of a UFC fight night at the O2 Arena in London on February 27, 2016. Silva, he's coming to this one. He is... I don't think I... No, wait, I do. Yeah, look it up. Obviously, I'll have to do some trimming from this show. This fight, he was... I'm going to guess 37. He was 40. 40? Bisping was 36. What year is Anderson Silva born? His birthday. I gotta Google it. Born in 1975. He's 46 now. Okay, so I have it wrong. Yeah. Anderson Silva coming into this fight. He is 40 years old. Uh, at 33 and seven, he had not fought since his decision win over Nick Diaz in January 2015 was overturned. That no contest. Yes, it is a no contest because that over overturned, sir. Nick Diaz scored a 10 7 that round. That's true. In the first, of first round when he laid down, that was very effective. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Silva, of course, failed uh, for steroids, dro- uh, drostanolone and andro- androsterone. I always mess those up. Uh, and uh, yeah, so. And def- Nick failed for weed, I believe, too. Nick. <laughs> So they both obviously failed. we know this. We obviously know the story of Nick Diaz uh, popping for marijuana, uh, incidentally, and uh, he was suspended for five years. And there, there was obviously the uproar about that, which was insane. The five years was just nuts. Uh, and yeah. then it got overturned, and then he still hasn't fought, and it's been six years. So you know what was the point? I guess other than justice being served, right? Yeah, two for Epo, five for weed. <laughs> it is silly. Um, silly is a polite way to phrase it. Um, but what we had here was actually so. Silva is two years removed from his second loss to Chris Weidman when, of course, Silva snapped his leg when Weidman checked one of his kicks. Yes. Totally changed his career arc. I mean, he was getting older anyway, but that's where we're at. Bisping 
this is where like I say he's, he's on the come up here. Uh, he had won uh, two straight to get to twenty-seven and seven overall. Uh, he turned thirty-seven years old the day after this fight, actually. Uh, so uh, early happy birthday for him. He got himself a little present, and uh, Silva gave him some presents on his face, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> uh, but Bisping coming in, he had just beaten Talos Latis uh, in a five-round split decision the previous January in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, the judges for this one, Ben Cartledge, Jeff Mullen, and Andy Roberts, and the referee was Herb Dean. Yes. Which, hilariously, at some point, who, because uh, Dan Hardy is on the broadcast for this one, he was saying fair play to to uh, Herb Dean for a decision he makes, which now in hindsight, what we know of the complicated nature of the Herb Dean-Dan Hardy relationship is a little funny. Herb Dean's been in some weird ones where people, well, let's go, we'll talk about it. No, we'll later. talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. So yeah, round one though. Let's dive in. What's happening here? Uh, Bisping has the edge pretty much, but with typical Anderson Silva fashion, he is just feeling him out. First minute, first two minutes of the, fr- of the round, of the fight really, seeing what's going on. Bisping's landing pretty decent throughout. Anderson finally picks up the aggressiveness, but uh, he picks up the aggressiveness, but not necessarily land. the actual offense. Right? Yeah, and then Bisping <laughs> ends it with a couple of solid shots uh, that seem to at least off balance Silva a bit. And ten uh, nine Bisping. Yeah, that's it's a total ten nine Bisping. Silva just he never really let himself get going, and and Bisping really wasn't there for the whole. Anderson Silva, oh, he's got his his little shtick to do, his you know his early round stuff where he kind of gets ready. He's like, no, nah, I don't care. I'm I'm here to I'm here to do work. Mm-hmm. So credit to Bisping who really showed up to fight in a way that a lot of people just don't with Anderson Silva. They give him too much respect and they give him too much space. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. He credit to him. I think that was, obviously was effective. He, he won the round, ten nine. Uh, didn't change in our system. This is just a ten nine. A good round. Yeah, good but, round. But that's what it is. All the judges had the same way. Uh, in this one, 10-9 for Bisping. So round two, things start to pick up actually a little bit. I thought it was a slower, uh, another slow round. Right, but. Until the final 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bisping gets a knockdown and finishes on top, throwing some good ground and pound. Uh, I thought it was more of a flash knockdown. I would agree. And I, I didn't think Anderson was all that hurt. Uh, he only went to 10-9 there. I would agree up to the point where you say 10-9. I say it's a 10-8, and the reason being, I thought it was a pretty solid round for Bisping already. I was scoring it for him in that round. Yeah. I didn't know if it was a solid. I, he definitely put a stamp on it. But I think he he really so. sealed the 10-8 because, there, I mean, there's immediate impact to what he's doing. Well, Whether I mean, a flash knockdown yeah. is what? It's a, it's a knockdown. It's an earned knockdown. And that's not just because you get a knockdown in MMA doesn't mean you take the point away. That's not how it works. But I think when you compound the fact that our scoring system is a little more flexible. It allows you to kind of go just a little bit further. Plus the simple fact that he was already up and and then he got the extra added oomph of the uh, immediate impact there near the end. I thought that was a really good... And he was landing pretty well like uh, you know, from the top too over this last 30 seconds. It doesn't check the D enough for me for damage. I don't know. I see. Like, when is I... this not a different round than round one? That's the question. It is a different round than round one. But hey, hurt him. Can you make an argument for Silva in any way? Can't make an argument for Silva because of the end. Mm-hmm. But up to that, I think maybe you might have something. I don't see it, but you might have something. <sighs> I disagree. I, I, I again, I, I see the, I see the way this can go with a ten nine. I'm not, I'm not going crazy on you for going to ten nine instead of a ten eight. For me, I do feel pretty solid about Bisping getting the ten eight here. I think it's earned. Okay. You know, just because he knocks him down and he's like, you know, recovers pretty quickly, doesn't mean he wasn't hurt. You know, it's kind of the same well, look, nature because I mean, it looks just like he's. I mean, what do you mean? It definitely means that. But 
think if, about think if he about doesn't this. look hurt, how can you grade him as hurt? I think he looked hurt, but very briefly, right? That's kind of what I'm saying. He, he was he was he was in a bad way, but just for a moment, right? He got hit, but and there's went immediate down. impact to that. Of course, there's immediate impact. Think, it's just that I didn't think he checks D to to that degree. I, I guess I disagree. I think you can get there, and I I kind of look at it in the same way that you you know like, as a referee. Let's, let me get this out. The the the, the way a referee would look at a stoppage. They don't care if it's a same point. When he sees the point where he's crossed over, I think that that you know that's that's where you stop it. It doesn't matter if he recovers right away. And it's kind of the same way in this round where I think Silva I'm not saying he was out. I'm not saying you would stop that fight. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is it crossed over from him being in a little bit of trouble too. Yeah, he was in quite a way, but then very quickly got to a point where he had his faculties and he was able to sort of defend, but he was still taking punches. Do you know what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Okay. I don't see that at all, though. All right, fair enough. Degree to disagree here. Um, I have it as a 10-8. You got it as a 10-9. I now have it as 20-17 to 17 for Bisping, and you have it 20-18, to 18, which is how all the judges have it, because they saw this as a 10-9 round, which that's how I would do if it was the ABC scoring. Mm-hmm. Round three. This was the round that kind of defined the fight in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, for not even being part of the, like, not even scoring-wise. But everybody remembers this moment. Exactly, if they, if yeah. they think of this fight, they think of this particular moment, no matter who won it. Exactly, yeah. So let's break it down. What's happening? Uh, it was pretty close for about four minutes and 50 seconds. Yep. Uh, Silva started to take control a little bit later in I the actually, round. Yeah, I was going to say, he, like in that kind of last minute, I thought that Bisping was not hurt, but I mean, he, he was he was backpedaling. He, obviously, something stung him. The, yeah. And I thought he was like kind of in... Not survival mode, but trying to, you know, put up a good poker face while moving away. Yes, and then he loses his mouthpiece. Yeah. He's trying never to a good t- sign. He's trying to tell Herb Dean he lost his mouthpiece. I don't know why he kept telling Herb Dean, but he looks away and he's like, "Herb, my mouthpiece." And Anderson's like, "I'm going to knee you in the face right now." <laughs> As well, he should and did he his did. job. Knees him in the face, and Bisping crumbled. Oh yeah, I mean he was he was in he was in real trouble momentarily but it was also at the very end like that knee landed at like what 58 59 in the yeah, round luckily right at the end of the round or else it's over truly saved by the bell is what i would say and uh 10-8 silva it's a 10-8 round silva and, and i think it's because you can grade that immediate impact right there it's not because of saved by the bell that no, doesn't mean correct. anything from a scoring yes. perspective but it truly did i believe save michael bisping from losing that fight Oh yeah, in that particular 100%. moment, yeah, absolutely. It's almost inarguable because he was—he really wasn't necessarily okay a minute later when the fight started. Um, but yeah, so this one—it's a—it's a total ten-eight in our system, I think, just because of the fact that there is that immediate high impact, and it's—it's it's easily the most high impact moment of this round. Silva, I mean, he celebrates like he just won. He goes down on his knees in the middle of the cage. He starts doing his whole, yeah. you know, respectful I just won kind of thing. He even jumped on the cage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he treated it like he won and and sure enough Herb Dean's like, "No, no. That's uh that's not what we're going to do here." Uh, Herb Dean always seems to want a little bit more anyway when it yeah. comes to a stoppage, but I think here absolutely warranted. I don't I don't want to <laughs> criticize here. And as I was saying earlier, Herb Dean also had the Husamar Paul Harris Dan Miller fight. Yes, he did. Where I don't, Paul Harris decided mid round he won. Yeah, he waved that one off on his own. That was <laughs> that was just not the right time from Paul Harris. So he yeah, but he he had uh he had experience dealing with fighters thinking they already won. Or maybe everybody's just like, hey, let's pick on Herb Dean. Let's just let's just mess with him. <laughs> maybe they're doing it on purpose. They might. <laughs> they maybe they are. That, to, to Herb Dean's credit, and this is where we have Dan Hardy saying fair play to him. Uh, you know, he, I do think he handled this just absolutely marvelously. Like this is, this is really well done from, from Herb Dean in this round. Yeah. Great. 
but I have it because you and I have a different scorecard at this point. I have it 28 to 27 for Bisping, uh, and you have it as a, I believe, a draw. Right? Draw, 28 28. Through three rounds. We Through got, three. We got, we got more rounds to go, but it's still tied up for you. So 28 28. The judges for this one, nobody saw it as a 10 8. Uh, and I don't think you would go 10 8 here. I just don't think it quite got there. This is, of course, a few months before the criteria kind of changed in, mm-hmm. in in August and everything like that. It was it was probably still in the conversation, in the works, and everything like that amongst the judges. But you know how how much it's being used here, it doesn't matter. I still think this is a 10-9 round in the ABC scoring today and then for Silva. So it's twenty nine twenty eight Bisping. Yes, sir. So round four, and Bisping, he's you know he's coming into this one. He really isn't necessarily right, but he gets right pretty quick. He does, yeah. His face is a mess at this point. Yes, it is. Uh, from that knee, big cut under his eye, smashed his nose. left eye. Yeah, it was a nasty. Um, but a lot of the round is him is Anderson sitting on the fence and just eating shots for like just Anderson being Anderson. It's like shades of uh, Nate Diaz and and Conor McGregor too, where Nate kind of takes off round four. Yeah, which only happened like six months later than this fight. Weird is, year for for people doing this. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, final thirty seconds though, Anderson. Decides to come alive. He does. Lands a, like three big shots, uh, but that's definitely not enough to win this round. In no, my eyes, so. no. He didn't have enough uh, on the whole to take it. I do think that was probably the highest spot of the round from anyone, but it just it really wasn't sustained enough. And it really wasn't that high of a spot. Right, there yeah. There wasn't enough immediate impact on those to, to kind of make up for the discrepancy. But it was really close. I actually kind of thought about it. I was like, geez, should I go there? I was like, nah, I don't think. I just don't think he got there. He didn't. So, yeah, 10-9 Bisping from me, 10-9 Bisping from you. Mm-hmm. 10-9 Bisping from all the judges. They have it 39-37. I've got it 38-36. And you have it... 38-37 for Bisping. Okay, okay. So everybody's got Bisping up, just to different degrees. Round five. No finish, of course, but what happened? Uh, Bisping was a bit more aggressive this round, but uh, Silva hits him with his panted front kick. Silva was more aggressive in this round, too. You could tell he's like, all right, the guy's still hanging around. I actually got to try and get a finish. Yeah, he's, he's like, hey, I'm going to try to uh, I feel like he knows he's losing this, one. this fight. He's got to. He probably feels it. Kick to the face. Bisping is stumbled. He kicked the, kick to the face, by the way, when he's, his back's against the cage, basically. He's that like, whole thing he was doing. What? I'm just going to whip this oh leg my up God. here. He, he, even at 40 years old, the man was just so impressive with his, <laughs> like, the viper strike to this front kick. Yeah, he, he was, then he started landing some big punches. I think he landed another kick to the head. He or, did. Or like a toe to the face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, high damage, I think. I, I think this is a 10-8 Silva. It's a good 10-8 Silva. Yeah, absolutely. This is a different 10-8 from the other one because we didn't necessarily get the closest to the finish, but it was like him, this was a real solid round for him on the whole. Yes. Because I think, it, it, talking about minutes of the fight one, I feel like you could probably look at this fight and say, well, Anderson Silva probably won, like, I don't know, seven minutes of the fight, tops. But those seven minutes, I mean, they're probably better than almost than most of the minutes for Michael Bisping. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say I'd have to, I'd have to say so. But yeah, so I have this as a 10-8 for Silva, just like you. So it is a draw on my card, 46-46. And I got Silva up 47-46 okay, for yeah. the victory. All right. I like my draw. I'm happy that it got to a draw because it, it feels like that. It feels like we have a fight where Michael Bisping was the one who was winning the action most of the time. But like I said, Silva, when he's winning, he's winning big. Pride scoring. I have no reservations. Silva wins. Okay. That's fine. We don't do pride scoring on this show. We we got we got way oh, now We now went we all in the left field. Now we don't. No, I, I know. On the whole, I think <laughs> Silva wins. But draw is fine because he... 
doesn't fight like a, an idiot sometimes. So, but you know, as much as we're saying draw and Silva wins and everything like that in our system, this is just a ten nine Silva round, right? Yeah. In in ABC mm-hmm. and thus three rounds to two for. Michael Bisping, and that's how all the judges had it. They were unanimous the whole way. This is the way to score this fight. I wouldn't dispute it at all. By ABC scoring, Michael Bisping is the rightful winner of this fight. But that's where I think there's just an issue with the scoring. Is It's really closer to a draw or a silver win, if you ask me personally. Yeah, this is where our scoring system is awesome. Mm-hmm. So you were trashing it at first, but now you've come back. I've come back. All right. I'm glad. I'm, well, glad. I'm not going to fire you from the show. 99% of the time, I like it. I also can't fire you from the show because it's our show. It's just the same. Yeah, don't fire me. I like you anyway. Oh, thank you. No, of course. But that's it. We had two past judgments for you. We're, they're in the books now. We've got two fights for the weekend to break down. We'll start with UFC because uh, that leads in a little bit with Danny Ige, of course, going against Chan Sung Jung. Featherweight headliner. You know, by the way, that the Korean Zombie has been a headliner in all of his fights for the last like 10, 11 years, right? Well, he's fun. He doesn't have too many fights because he missed several years uh, while he was in his uh, uh, mandatory military um, leave or, or, or I guess, uh, enlistment in South Korea, which is what, they, what all all the people do there over there, or at least males. I'm, I'm, I'm not as uh, familiar with it. But nonetheless, we missed some of his prime years. We well, did. I like this fight. What do you think of this fight? Who's he fighting? Danny Gay. We just talked about this. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> we did a whole fight with him. We Where did. you been? Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> I, uh... What do you think? Interesting. I think I'm gonna lead. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean towards zombie winning. Okay. I don't think Ige has the the technical striking that Brian Ortega showed he has in that last fight, and I think Zombie is going to uh, weather whatever uh, crazy storm he has, and then just take it to him. I see a lot of ways for for Jung to win this one. I think that's part of the reason why I would favor Zombie to win is just the the sheer number of ways that he can win, and not just you know, methods of victory, but like types of fights in which he can do well in. I think he's proved now he can actually do very well in, in a technical battle. Uh, he can also, of course, brawl. We know that he can, you know, he can do well on the ground. He's got submissions. He's always looking to finish the fight. And That's why he headlines. It is true. Everyone, and, and also because he's got an awesome nickname and a reputation going back 11 years. People haven't forgotten. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I would pick zombie to win this one and i'm gonna say i'm gonna say decision i think danny gay is super tough i think he'll survive uh hmm knockout knockout what round round three okay so not a seven second knockout like he did the nope. more we watched that together at applebee's yes we did a lot of these are at applebee's you and i yes some good memories i went to, i was at applebee's the other day for my birthday oh nice yeah it was weird. I had to. I haven't been out as much uh, since the pandemic started. But maybe, maybe people listening at home know this. Maybe you know this. When you go to uh, these chain restaurants now, instead of getting a menu like a physical menu, they say, "Hey, take a picture on the phone of the QR code, and it'll bring up the menu." And I'm like, "This oh. is so stupid." <laughs> it's weird. So, what if you don't got a, a smartphone? Well, then what you do is you inconvenience the waitress or waiter there and say. List all of the menu items for me, sir or madam. Yeah, give me everything you have. That's fine. That's all right. That's their job. Uh, judges for this one, of course, because it is in Las Vegas, I think we can kind of speculate pretty well. I mean, shoot. Are we going to assume it's not Sal D'Amato in the main event working this one? He's been at like literally every main event assignment during the pandemic. So definitely Sal D'Amato, unless he, you know, has a dentist appointment. I don't know. And then, you know, probably guys like, uh, you know, Ron McCarthy or 
or Junichiro Kamijo, Derek Cleary, you know, the, the, the usual awesome crew that we typically get in Las Vegas, right? The huge. The huge. We trust them. Uh, again, I, I want to highlight really quickly just how I thought that the crew in Arizona, which was largely traveling judges, but also three local judges from Arizona, I thought they did a really good job last week. Great job. I thought it was really nice uh, to see. Uh, fight to watch, sir. What is the one other than the headliner that you're looking forward to? Chaos Williams versus Matt Semmelsberger on the prelims. I love Cass Williams. Semmelsberger's fun. Williams Got a fun name, is too. Fun. It's going to be a firework fight. I'm predicting fight of the night. That's my prediction. You've got no actual uh, method of victory or person to win. You're just going to say fight of the night fight and move on? Fight of the on. night. That's weak. That's not weak. All right, fine. Matt Semmelsberger, TKO. Second round. That's also weak because it's going to be Chaos Williams. <laughs> Chaos by KO, round one. We'll see. You know what else we'll see, sir? The Your fight, fight? I want to see Alexei Olenek, who is always must-see TV because you just never know what sort of non-MMA typical choke we're going to get from him, or he's going to get knocked out because he's in his 40s and you know sometimes he gets knocked out. Uh, going against Sergey Spivak, I like Spivak actually as a heavyweight. He he doesn't he doesn't fight like your typical like slogging heavyweights. I think he, you know I'm not saying he's necessarily must watch, but I feel like when Spivak is in a fight, I'm not going to watch a bunch of guys who are dead tired in round three. That is always a bad uh, or that is always a possibility. So that's why I kind of feel good about this one. So I, to me, it, it's only going to one of two ways. It's it's going to be Olenek getting a submission victory or it's going to be Olenek eating the canvas. And I'm going with the submission. Olenek round two. Ezekiel choke. Why not? All right. You took my sub. So I'm going to change it. <laughs> you could you, what? I mean, pick pick another one that we're never going to see or that we that we never see. Starfall. Totally, there you go. Starfall. That makes sense. Total makes sense. I have no problem with that. Uh, round one. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. You know what? What did I, did I say? Round two. Uh, round two. Yeah, I'll stick around too. That sounds fine. Uh, we do have, of course, like we said at the top of the show, the reason why we're having this on Thursday, PFL number five, uh, the second to last regular season event of this PFL season. It's welterweights. And light heavyweights going for their second bouts of the season. The welterweights, just looking at the vision breakdown here, Ray Cooper III and Rory McDonald almost definitely have punched their tickets to advance to the semifinals in August. They have six points, probably just need to make weight, to be perfectly honest. Um, the other two spots are pretty much wide open, though. Only uh, Joao Zeferino has more than a single point. Uh, he's got three. So, you know, he's kind of got the inside track for one of the other two spots. But realistically, anybody could come out of this still. Um, I would like to see uh, Alexei Konchenko come out of this because I thought that he was a bad cut from the UFC last year. I think he's a real talent. Uh, I don't know that he's necessarily going to get a finish, and a finish is really what you kind of need to guarantee your spot. So we'll see. We'll see what we get there. Do you, do you have any interest in these fights? I mean, even just... Well, Rory Mackin in the main event. Rory Mackin, Glayson Teabat, I think that... Of course. That's going to be a tough fight for... I don't think there's no. I don't think there's a finish in that fight. Um, I think there's definitely... I think Rory's going to take it to him. I think Glayson Teabat's been in the game a long time, and, and he's obviously fighting a weight class up from where he used to fight, where he was huge, but, I mean, he's not... I he's think, not as big as Rory. I think Rory, well, either he fin- he's going to go in there, finish it quick, or he's going to try to just coast so he can make it to August injury-free. I don't think Rory thinks like so, that. I think he's one of those guys who gets in the I cage don't and know. he's like, kind of like a serial killer in there. I don't know. I don't think he fights that way, man. I, I, but it I does, would it, feel good about, I'm going to say Rory by round one Million dollar KO. changes things. Round one TKO, TKO. Like ground and pound style. That's what right. I'm thinking. I'm also going to pick Rory by uh, decision. Okay. So. I do like Ray Cooper, too. I, he's always fun to watch. Uh, you know, 
excellent fighter. Uh, the light heavyweights, though, uh, to break that down for you real quick, Cesar Ferreira, a.k.a. Cesar Muchanch, who is, of course, a Vitor Belfort pupil. And Antonio Carlos Jr., a couple of middleweights from the UFC, finding success in the 205-pound division of PFL. They're almost definitely moving on, too. They've got six points already. So, again, kind of just make weight, right? Uh, or Rory's going to fight. Oh, you're going all the way back. Like wow, you're still on this. A grappling heavy fight. Okay. Where less get cut, something like that, maybe. All right. Okay, now back to the light. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get to the big guys. Come on, all get right. off this. Yeah. We'll leave it right behind. Uh, and then, uh, you know, after those two, of course, Martin Hamlet, he has five points and is in really good shape, too, to advance. So really, what more or less we're looking at here is one spot remaining for, you know, several guys, Emiliano Sordi. Uh, the defending champion and Jordan Young each have three points. So they've got the inside track too, but most of these guys realistically still have a shot if they can get finishes, uh, especially early. So we'll say, and, and hey, at 205, much more doable than some of the lighter weight classes, right? Yeah. So you said uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. basically punched his ticket. Just already. about. They, he and uh, Fajera, they both have six points, and and six points is almost kind of guaranteed here. Everyone else would basically need to get finishes and then lose, um, and then at that you'd still have to see where they end up. So. I, I think they're going to be uh, moving on. <laughs> and what's the deal with Vinny uh, Magalesh? Magalesh, I believe he uh, missed his fight. I think he had to bow out of it, so he lost a point. Is that what you are you? You look at the standings right there. Do well, you it was a canceled fight. I don't have the standings, but it's like he doesn't have. He's just. Does screwed. he have zero points? He has minus one point. Yeah, because uh, the, I believe what it was is he he wasn't going to be uh, fit to fight, so. Oh. They couldn't, uh, so that's how you lose a point. So he's actually in real bad shape coming to this one. He, he, I mean, he would need a first round finish just to be able to get like tied for third at best, which is still, he could get in, but mm. the odds are very much stacked against him here. If you, if you are one of those guys who you miss weight or anything like that, you're, you're in real trouble. And actually, Danny, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it just kind of occurred to me now we should uh, we should double check on how Wayans w- did because now it is it is actually Wednesday night. We've got this information for us. Uh, I mean, did anybody miss weight? Yeah, Ray Cooper by 0.8. Okay, so I, I, I'm forgetting offhand if that actually loses a point in the standings or it just prevents him from being able to earn a point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that puts him in a little more of a precarious position. But he does still have six points if he didn't lose any points, so I, I would have to think he'll be okay. But it doesn't matter if he wins. I mean, he could win in first-round finish. He gets nothing for this. That's the rules? Yeah. Oh, boy. That I'm almost positive of. And he lost 20% of his purse. Yeah, yeah. Well, he made a million, I think, last time, so he'll, he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more than most of these guys are earning. Judges, of course, this being still in New Jersey, I would expect you know, kind of the same Jersey crew we've had. Uh, Eric Colon, Dave Torelli, Cardo Urso. Muna Holland, Prairie Ruglio, you know, the, these are the these are the guys and gals that I think we're probably going to see once again uh, at this one, and uh, you know they've been doing fine, more or less. Yeah, they're all right. You know, anchored, anchored by, of course, good traveling judges in uh, in Cologne and Torelli. Yep. And then uh, Donnie Carolee, of course, who you know kind of took heat from us last time, but uh, you know he's he's an experienced judge. Uh, you know, I'm not thinking it's going to be a problem if he's. Like, everybody always gets like, oh. They get like traumatized. They get like PTSD when one judge like gets a, a fight, you know, for lack of a better word, wrong. Uh, it's like they just can't forget it. It's like get get rid of them. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, quit harping. Like if he if he if he does a bunch of them this time, then yeah, okay, I get it. Uh, let's, let's let's wait and see. That does it for this episode. 
special Thursday edition of the Couchside Judges. This will be the not the last one. We'll do one more of them next week, Thursday, and then we'll go back to our uh, our typical Friday. Okay, and then yeah, and then we'll be back on Monday to break down all the action. Absolutely, as always. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care and uh, enjoy the weekend. Have a good one. <laughs>